everybody. I am in Doylestown, Pennsylvania. Today is Thursday, the 12th of October at 3 p.m. And you are on Anchored with Hope with Father Larry Richards. And I'm sorry that I am down in, well, I'm not sorry, having a fine time. I'm preaching a mission in Carmel, Indiana. Now, I'm in Our Lady of Mount Carmel in Doylestown, Pennsylvania. If you've been, uh, if you're a follower of me on Facebook and all that stuff, you have seen the different places I've prayed and I've been praying for you and for your intentions. Today, I didn't post anything because I went and I prayed at the same place. I prayed the first day at Our Lady at Chestahova Shrine in Doylestown. Beautiful place, but I didn't want to uh, just send the same picture the second day. But no, I prayed for everybody who watches and that um, we were, uh, you were remembered. And so first thing we need to do, of course, is pray. So let's pray in the name of the Father and the Son, the Holy Spirit. Amen. Father, we thank you for your love. We thank you for your mercy. We thank you that you continue to reach out to us in your great compassion and great mercy. We beg you, Holy Father, that you would just continue to lead us and to truly be your disciples. For we beg you these things, Holy Father, in Jesus' holy name. Amen. Mary, Mother of Jesus, pray for us. Good Saint Joseph, pray for us. And your Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. So, let me see here. Right near me, we love our, oh, great. Well, why have we been at the mission? St. you should be coming to the mission. To last, tonight is the last night of our mission. And um, it's been going quite well. Um, I didn't feel good about last night. It was the passion talk, and there was something, uh, I don't know. It was, we, we heard a lot of confession, a lot of good priests here. A lot of people, and a lot of people hadn't been in confession over 50 years, so to me, that's everything when uh, um, people come back to the faith who have been away for so long or been away uh, from confession so long. To me, that's how I uh, judge if a, if a mission has been working or not. And so by God's grace, it's been working. Yeah, they've responded quite well, pretty crowded every night. And so, um, yeah, it was... Uh, it's been fantastic. So tonight is the last night of the mission, and tonight is the healing night. Uh, so we'll uh, anoint everybody with St. Joseph's oil, and we will um, put out the Blessed Sacrament and talk about the power of adoration and the power of Jesus in the Eucharist. Um, there is no greater power on this earth huh, than Christ's true presence. It was interesting because I, when I was on um, my retreat uh, this past summer in August, I was out in California, you know, to Alhambra. And while I was there, I, I read the book. <laughs> Dr. Ray was just trying to call me. <laughs> so just, I have everything except my phone on, um, um, on vibrate or silence. So I'm going to put that uh, on silence now. And um, yeah, Father Ray, Dr. Ray, can you imagine how he does this to me on podcast? <laughs> so I don't know why he does that. I think he does it on purpose is to tell you the truth. But you all know Dr. Ray. He's that guy. It's only like three foot tall. 
you know, you see him every once in a while. He's out home still on EWTN on Saturday nights at 10 o'clock. The two of us, I go back and forth. We uh, uh, tape everything for my parish and we do like a 13 at a time. And uh, so we've been doing it a long time now. So, um, yeah, it's a, it's a fine time there. Anyway, um, <laughs> I... Uh, Anyway, so here we go. We're going to, I got uh, some stuff from last week from, I figured I would. I, I didn't get as much as I, I thought I was going to get from people when I was sticking up for the Pope and uh, the Synod and everything else. But a few people um, did come at me and, but not explicitly because Mo gets rid of those things before I see them, <laughs> most of them. But I want to deal with uh, one uh gosh have mercy this is from a couple weeks ago when last week when i was doing everything on here and the person didn't come right out but i want to deal with it just uh do to do to do There we go. That's da, da, da. Justin came out strong. Where are we going to come back here? I don't know. Maybe Mo already took it off. But last week, wow, it, um, let me see. Because I, I, I wanted to make sure that uh, I at least dealt with it. Anyway, I guess uh, Mo probably already took it off uh, when people are uh, nasty and everything. Because, again, we get a lot of people that uh, always have to uh, say the other thing and come out. But uh, the guy said something like last week for my um, for this thing, he talked about. Uh, what if so I, I go and I leave my wife and my kids and I run off? with a, uh, a girl and uh, we're living in sin and we come up to you and we ask you to bless us. What is that? And it was very sarcastic meaning when I was talking about the reality of blessing people. And so uh, again, <sighs> I bless anybody who comes up on a Sunday, you know, so uh, like if they, they come up, they can't go to communion because again, a blessing goes and helps people to embrace grace. What we're talking about is that, again, God wants everyone to be saved. You know, that's what I've been talking about at the mission, that it's the will of God that everybody make it to heaven. That's what he wants. And so if that's what he wants, then that's what we got to want. And so we want everybody to come to repentance. Repentance means, of course, that they stop sinning and they start doing God's will. Now, we can't stop sinning by our own power. It's something done by grace. Grace is the presence of God. Grace, by definition, is the blessing of God. So we meet people where they are so that we can get them 
to where God wants them to be. Because, of course, and I believe that more people go to hell than go to heaven because God gives them what they want. But the problem is that the people I think that will end up in hell are the ones that are being judgmental to everybody else and doesn't want anybody else. I mean, don't you get it? You deserve damnation. You. I deserve damnation. Me. And yet Jesus came and while we were still sinners, died for us to save us. And so he loves us into repentance. And that's what we must do. That's what we must do for the sinners. That's what we must do as a church. We do not, of course, sit there and say that sin isn't sin. I mean, people of God, you know, when people think that, come on, how long have you listened to me? Do you really think that that's what I do? I don't call people out in sin. All you have to do is come to the mission and you'll see some of the people are like, uh, not very excited with me last night. I said, don't get mad at me. I'm just trying to help you out here. But let me go to, uh, you know, uh, someone else besides um, uh, yesterday was the feast of John the 23rd. Remember John the 23rd? And when you go into um, John the 23rd, if you if you are one of those people that, of course, um, uh, do the breviary, and if you went yesterday and you did the breviary for um, the, the Feast of John the 23rd, I'm going to go back here. That's October the 11th, the feast. And I'm just going to read you his introduction because I think it's so powerful. His introduction to Vatican Council too, because again, he's the one that started. And again, he is a saint of Jesus Christ, you know? And so as a saint of Jesus Christ, meaning he sees the face of God. And if he sees the face of God forever, then we got to be people with all our uh, power that are going to be listening to these saints. Now, again, as I've said before, just because you're a saint doesn't mean that everything you say is infallible. But here's a Pope who's starting the uh, Vatican too. And so he begins, just listen to this. Mother Church rejoices that by singular gift of divine providence, the most longed for day has been dawned when under the patronage of the Virgin Mother of God, whose maternal dignity is commemorated on this feast, the Second Vatican Ecumenical Council solemnly begins here to tomb at the Blessed Peter. Now listen how he talks about what's going on in the world. And this is, what, 50 some years ago. Truly, the very serious issues that and questions that the human race needs to resolve have not changed after almost 20 centuries. Indeed, Christ Jesus always holds the center place in history and life. People either adhere to him and his church and so enjoy the goods of light, sweetness, right order, and peace, or else they live without him or act against him and deliberately remain outside the church. And so they cause confusion among themselves, bitterness in human relationships, and the intimate danger of bloody wars. Sounds very much like today. So here's what he says. At the inauguration of Second Vatican Ecumenical Council, it is evident, as always, that the truth of the Lord will remain forever. 
Indeed, as one age gives way to another, we see that uncertain human opinions take over one from another, and often errors vanish as soon as they are born, like mists dispersed by the sun. The church has never failed to oppose these errors. And the Holy Father today doesn't oppose errors. That's not what we're talking about. And has even condemned them often, indeed, with the greatest severity. So he's talking about how the church has condemned the errors, even with severity. But, and there's a big but there. But at the present time, the spouse of Christ is pleased to apply the medicine of mercy rather than take up the weapons of severity. She judges it prudent to meet the needs of today by demonstrating more amply the power of her teaching rather than by condemning. It is not that there is any lack of false doctrines, opinions, and dangers to be guarded against and eliminated, but these are also openly in conflict with the right principles and honesty and have produced such deadly fruits that today people seem to have begun to condemn them on their own account, even by naming those ways of living which despise God and his laws or place too much confidence in techno technological progress and a well-being begged solely on the comforts of life. They understand more and more the dignity of the human person and that the need to perfect it is a matter of great importance and very difficult to accomplish. And what is most important, they have at last learned by experience that force exerted on others, the power of arms and political domination are of no use at all in finding a happy resolution to the grave issues which afflict them. In these circumstances, the Catholic Church as she raises the torch of religious truth through this ecumenical council, wishes to show herself a most loving mother of all, benign, patient, and moved with mercy and goodness toward the children separated from her. To the human race, laboring under so many difficulties, she says, as Peter once said to the poor man who had asked him for alms, I do not have silver and gold, but what I have, I give you. In the name of Jesus Christ, the Nazarene, arise and walk. That is to say, the church does not offer to the people of our time riches that perish, nor does she promise them mere earthly happiness, but she imparts the goods of heavenly grace, which since they raise people to the dignity of the children of God are powerful safeguards and aids to making their life more human. She opens the springs of her life-giving doctrine by which people illumined by the light of Christ can understand in the depths of their heart what they really are, how excellent is the dignity they possess and what end they should pursue. Finally, through her children, she extends everywhere the, bound, the bonds of Christian charity. Nothing is more suited to eliminating the seeds of discord. Nothing is more effective in promoting harmony, a just peace, and the fraternal unity of all. This isn't Pope Francis that says this. This is John Paul, John the 23rd who said this. I was there when he got canonized along with John 
Paul II. Fantastic time. It was my 25th anniversary with me and uh, Father Nick Rao and uh, Bishop Losey now. That the church must be reaching out in love to all people to bring them to the truth. So we do not ever say that sin is okay, but we embrace sinners. That's why we embrace you. That's why it embraces me. And the more you and I have a deep sense that I am a sinner saved by what Jesus did for me and not what I do for him, until I know that in the very depths of my being, then I'm going to just be judgmental and hope everybody gets theirs. It's just not of God. We got to have the heart of God, which is for all people to be saved. All people. That means they must come to repentance. But how do we get them there? Do we judge them into repentance? I don't think so. It's never worked. That ain't the way Jesus did it. That was the way the Pharisees tried to do it. The Pharisees tried to keep people in fear, in judgment. That way they had control. Jesus set people free. Huh? And that's the point. We need to be reaching out for everybody, everybody, to get set free. Once we talk to them about the love of God, once we talk to them about the freedom in Jesus Christ, then we can talk about them changing their lives. Because if someone doesn't know the love of God, since the deepest need in everyone's heart is to be loved, They'll try to fill it with all kinds of sin to try to fill the emptiness. And the only thing that sin does is make that hole in their heart bigger. We have to give them the true love that will only fill their hearts. And of course, they'll come to repentance if they know that they're loved. And that's the whole point. So I just want to clarify that, that when we talked last week about God wanting to bless everybody, he does. But it does not mean that we okay sin. That we have to learn to separate sin from people. Because God did. He separated sin from people on the cross. And we must do the same. We must be Jesus. We must Act like Jesus, period. And Jesus was a friend of sinners. He ate and drank with sinners, period. You see? So, again, that's why I, I, I love to do missions. That's why I'm here this weekend. To see people who have went to church every week, some of them, some people haven't been to church and years who have been away in church and bad marriages or whatever it is to see them finally hit that's why I, I when i do a mission i do everything on purpose so the first night is all gentleness and the love of god that's all it is we talk i tell people how to pray i tell people um you know my thing about uh knowing that christ is with you uh, saying you're sorry uh, surrendering your life and letting God hold you. And so for so many of them, that's the first time that they've ever experienced deep in their heart that they are loved by God. 
now that they are beginning to taste love, now they'll be able to do all the things that God wants them to do. We all have the same goal to bring people to repentance. Why would you be nasty and think that's not the goal? Why do we judge? You know, there's another thing someone posted the other day, and I really, I copied it uh, because I just thought it was, uh, I, I say these things myself a lot, but it doesn't matter if I say it. It matters when saints say it sometimes. And this is from St. Seraphim, St. Seraphim of Sarvar, S-A-R-O-V. All condemnation, it says, all condemnation, all condemna condemnation is from the devil. Never condemn each other. We condemn others only because we shun knowing ourselves. Huh? That again, like I just said, when you and I really come to know how deep I am far from God, how I need to come to daily repentance. You know, uh, like I've, I've talked about, I'm not afraid of going to hell, but I could go to hell. And there is no way inside of me that I don't think that I deserve it. But I trust in the Savior who left heaven and died for my sins. And I want everybody to come to that experience too. Last night when I talked about the mission, about confession and getting everybody in. It's a very intense talk. Someone actually walked out in the middle of my talk last night uh, when I was talking about uh, repentance. And um, the talk is a very serious talk every night. Every night I'm not very serious, uh, but when I'm talking about the passion of Christ, it's very serious. And then when I go into the examination of conscience, I try to do it in a funny way, especially when it comes to sexual sin, so that people aren't afraid and they can make a good confession. So when I was uh, telling something, it was a, a sexual sin, and I did it in a funny way, and I shared what uh, a high school kid had said to me once, when, how far can you go? And a guy, you could tell, he just got up mad and walked right out the back door. Of course, judging me because he's thinking I'm making fun of sin, which I was not. But then I dealt with it immediately. I just said, you know, you can sit there and judge me, but none of you have heard confessions, except the priests that were there, and they understand. I do that because after hearing confessions for 34 years, I know some people are petrified to confess some sins. They're petrified. And so when I can say it in a way that makes them a little more free, then they'll finally confess that sin. Some people have been afraid to confess sins for 60 years. And then I give them the freedom to do that. And I do it by injecting some humor in it. But in no way do I lessen the severity of sin. All sin condemn us forever. But if I use that to help people to come to repentance, that's what we got to do. So, again, this is one I was planning on talking about today. But, of course, I always go off on tangents. And so um, I just wanted to sit there for all of us. We got to sit there. And I say sit there a lot. It's one of my tags, I know. How do we all bring people to Jesus? 
how are you right now when you're sitting here watching me or listening to me? How do you bring people to Jesus? Do you try to judge them into the faith? Or do you love them into the faith? The biggest thing Jesus did was enter into relationship with people. It's only relationship that can bring people to salvation. You know, I I don't want to get into it now, but sometimes people uh, in, the, in, the, in the priesthood, when they, when they get higher up, they're no longer like friends because now they're, uh, they have a higher position, a diocese or in the church or whatever. And I'm always, it drives me uh, crazy because Jesus, who is God, calls me his friend. And he calls you his friend too, right? John chapter 15. I no longer call you uh, slaves. I call you my friends. Jesus is our friend. And he wants to be a friend to everybody. And he wants everybody to come to this repentance. And so I can tell you that when people um, yell at me or sarcastic with me or tell me I'm going to hell and I just respond as always, may Jesus judge you now the way you just judge me forever and drives them insane. That doesn't bring me to repentance. I don't even listen to them. I won't even hear that. And some people say, well, look at John the Baptist. Let's look at John the Baptist. John the Baptist was before Jesus died on the cross. Jesus, when he redeemed us, he brought a whole other way of redemption. In the Old Testament, you had to earn redemption. In the New Testament, Jesus earned it for us. We still need to surrender to it. We still need to um, let Jesus live his life through us. But again, as we've talked about, Pelagianism is that you're going to earn your own salvation. And that's a heresy. Neo-Pelagianism, that you do 50%, God does 50%. That's a heresy. God does it all. And so what you and I are called to do is to die. Galatians 2, 19 and 20. I have been crucified with Christ, so the life I live now is no longer my own. Jesus Christ lives inside of me. I still live my human life, yes, but it's a life of faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave his life for me. You see, it's about letting Jesus live inside of us to take full control of us so that he can bring us salvation. We cannot be saved without what he did for us on the cross. So, we got to be instruments of that. Huh? So again, I'm hoping that everyone who's watching this really has a desire to bring people to Jesus and that you do everything in your power every day to bring people to Jesus, that you just don't watch this podcast so you can know more about uh, the church, but you can know more about Jesus so that you can bring Jesus to others. There's people all around you dying. You have to grab them and pull them into the eternal lifeboat so that they can be saved. Huh? This is what God wants of you and me. Once we come to the knowledge of salvation, then we do everything in our power to bring others to this knowledge of salvation. 
That's why I do missions. <laughs> because let me tell you, if it was up to me, I wouldn't do missions anymore because it takes a lot out of me. Uh, even when there's great people here. I mean, to speak every night for two hours and to, uh, to hear confessions uh, afterwards, like last night in that, like this morning, I usually wake up early. I slept in big time to like seven o'clock. Um, yeah. So anyway, hopefully uh, at least I'm trying to get you to think about it, to pray about it, to ask Jesus what you should do before uh, we make judgments on each other. Huh? So, okay, let's go and uh, take the questions. So if you have any questions here, today's the day to do it. I don't have anything uh, uh, from emails and that's because I'm out of town. But I will answer the questions in that here. Uh, so if you have any, just put them in the chat. Again, you have to be live, of course, with me now. Uh, and you can ask these questions. So we don't have many people here today. We only have 55 people. So I don't know uh, why that is, what's going on. Usually we have more. But anyway, pray for Tech 138. You got it, Kevin. Um, I keep thinking it's ours, but. It has to be more in Tech Tech 138 because I made Tech uh, 123 up in Cleveland, but we will. Mo, hi, Father Harry. Good evening, Father and all. Hi, Harry. Hope uh, it's all well in France. And again, um, uh, we have to be praying for uh, Israel. And as we're praying for Israel, we don't just pray for Israel. We pray for the people who on both sides, the children and women who are not part of this uh, fight all the innocent people we got to pray for all of them because god loves them all god loves both sides you know i know uh, of course we're praying for israel of course we are um but we got to make sure that we're also praying for the innocents on both sides because there are children being killed on both sides and so god's heart goes out to all of them uh when you're the aggressor, as uh, the other side has, when they've just bombed and killed all those people in Israel, it was evil. But then now Israel is just bombing and killing a bunch of people, innocents also, on both sides. God hates all war. Again, you can pull out the Old Testament and talk about God in the midst of war. But when Jesus came and brought the new covenant, he brings another way, right? What does Jesus say? Love your enemies. Yeah. And again, I was preaching at a mass once and I talked about how we're called to love our enemies. And I got a nasty email from someone who goes to daily mass and everything and says, it disgusted me, Father, that my kids had to hear that. We're not called to love our enemies. We're called to kill them in war. Is that what we're called to do? We have to stop people from killing innocents, of course. And we got to stop people and we have to kill people in war. But God loves every person we kill. He died for them on the cross. We cannot let people hurt others, but we got to make sure that we don't kill innocents on all sides. And so, we got to pray for great peace in Israel, for everybody there. Um, okay, 
So uh, let's do that and continue to pray. Okay. Hi, from Meccan River in Crystal Lake Township, Wisconsin. Hi, Jerry. Right near me, we love our shrine in Doylestown. There you go, smash. There we go. Hi, Chris. Uh, pray to stop the war. We're doing it. Jerry, when I last smashed my thumb, I said a word we can't use in church. Yepper. Julie, dear Father Larry, I was listening to Bishop Will Not Mention Name, and it's one of the bishop on YouTube who has said that it's not right to bless same-sex unions. It's not my thoughts that matter. Exactly, Julie, but um, we, we can't bless sex unions, but um, we're not talking about your thoughts, and we're not talking about that bishop's thoughts. We're talking about the teaching of the church. So uh, we need to bless all people. And again, um, I'm always talking about the magisterium. There you go. But again, no, it's always the, we always got to make sure that we're not just listening to condemn people. Again, if, uh, uh, if people just condemn people on this thing after a while, I just block them. It's like, nope, I don't want this. You know, so we can't always be, uh, and there's priests and bishops that are condemning everybody. And, uh, uh, you know, like I talked about it last week, we can't be doing these things. We got to be doing what God's calling us to do. Okay, we end the wars. Da, 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 da. Hi, dear Father. Nice to see you. Thank you for all your blessings, prayers. Thank you, winning. I once asked Father Leslie why, Father, I, I once asked Father Leslie why he smiled when he was asperged us. He said that he only smiles when he asperges sinners. Again. And again, to, to, to challenge sinners, it's one of the admonished sinners is one of the things we got to do, but it's how do we admonish the sinner? Huh? We got to be in relationship with them before we admonish them. Again, Jesus did it that way. We always got to go about the way Jesus did it. Um, and again, different saints have done it different ways. Oh my gosh, have they ever. So um, we got to see it. Jerry, question, how many different types of masses are there? When does the presider get to pick? Um, well, if it's a feast day or a solemnity, the presider doesn't get a chance to pick at all. He has to do that. But on most uh, days where it's our ordinary times, you can pick all kinds of masses. You know, I usually just stay with the one suggested, but you could do a mass of the Holy Spirit. You could do a mass of the Sacred Heart any day. You can do a mass for forgiveness of uh, people. So it's totally up to uh, the priest if it's an ordinary day and it's not a feast. But like some days you'll see that um, it might be optional memorials. You might have two or three optional memorials and I don't do any of the optional memorials. I just stay with the thing for the day. Um, and other times, like today in um, in the Holy Land, I saw uh, today's the the feast of the Holy, uh, the Good Thief. Huh? So it's not for the rest of the the church, but in if you ever sit there and you go, and I would hope that uh, if you um, if you ever want to do the bravery every day, you can go to I bravery and I bravery which I read from earlier today, and you can go today. And so it gives you Thursday of the 27th week of the year, which is what we're at now. But it's also, it's the Holy Good Thief in Terra Santa, which is in uh, the Holy Land. So you could say mass for the good thief 
in the Holy Land today. Uh, if you're a Franciscan on the feast of uh, October 4th, the feast of France, St. Francis is a big day. So you do it for that. But there's, there's very, very, very many. And there's also like uh, four regular um, canons that you can choose from. I usually use two every day because um, it's the oldest one, not because it's the shortest one. You know, some more conservative people always do canon one because it's the one that, uh, you know, goes back and it's the longest one and has all that. It's, it's more a ritual and I always like it more simple. So I always do two. Um, you do canon three normally for funerals. Uh, canon four you can't do on uh, Sundays, but you can do it during the week, which is a beautiful canon. And then there's also a couple uh, canons for uh, children. And then there's some canon uh, canons for forgiveness of sins. So, and you can use all of those. So it's up to the priest. So hopefully that helps you. Um, the gates of hell shall not. Yes, Julie, we know we need to be open in charity. Yes, Father, understand this is God has changed my life. Good. Our every breath is a gift. Good, Julie. But you got to be more concerned about other people's salvation than your own. Always. That's what Jesus went and died on the cross, thinking of you and thinking of me and doing the Father's will. So again, if you go to Matthew, the first chapter, it says, you will name him Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. So the whole point of God was being born was to save us from our sins. And so again, and when we let Jesus live his life through us, we want him to save others from their sins through us. There you go. Jonathan, when are you coming to Diocese of Scranton to preach when I'm invited? I, I was invited to Scranton um, to do their men's conference, but none of the priests have ever invited me to do a mission, you know? So, uh, tell your pastor to get me in. I, uh, we still have some room in 2024 for a mission. So, uh, talk to them. Okay. What can I do to bring my brother back to Christian Christianity, Catholicism? This is always a good thing. How do you do this? And I always tell people the same thing. It's a, it's a three, um, part process. The first thing you got to do for someone that's away from the church is you pray for them because uh, you put their names down on a, on a piece of paper uh, or a, your prayer book or whatever. So when you're doing your daily prayer every day, it's not just for God to bless you and help you, but you're praying for others. You are doing, because what's Jesus doing right now? Jesus is interceding for us. That means at this very moment, Jesus Christ, the King of Kings and Lord of Lords is interceding praying for us before our father. huh? So the first thing we got to do is uh, make a list of people who we know that are away from God. Uh, no matter what kind of sin they're in, we want to pray for them every day because again, when we pray for somebody, we become a spiritual magnifying glass. huh? Today you can see um, next to a window and you can see the sun coming in and the sun, here, <laughs> the sun coming in, um, it's very bright and intense. So if you take a magnifying glass and you place it outside, then the, the rays, the sun are intensified to that magnifying glass and sets things on fire. The magnifying glass is just an instrument. The power comes from the sun. 
when you and I pray for people, we become spiritual magnifying glasses and we place ourselves over them when we pray for them. And the grace of God, which is everywhere, is intensified through us, through you when you're praying. And if you want to go to the next level, then do some fasting also because it cleans the magnifying, spiritual magnifying glass, if you will. So if you sit there and um, like you have to fast or do something on Fridays anyway, so you decide that you're going to fast on Friday for your brother. Uh, you're really intensifying the grace of God because the only thing that can bring your brother back, Melanie, is God, not you. So you got to make sure you're praying intensely. And this is for everybody, not just your brother, but anybody we know that wants to come to Christ. So the first thing we do is pray for them. The second thing we do is we love them. Because again, as I've been talking throughout this uh, podcast today, the whole point of us is to show the people of the world that God is love. And if they know that they're being loved and that you love them, then they will listen to you. If they think you're going to judge them, they will not listen to you. Again, it doesn't, you know, we're not going to say that uh, we don't tell people sin is sin, but what the, the point of it is when we're going to do it. Do we do it before they truly know that we love them? Do we hammer them with it, hit them with the Bible over the head? Or do we enter into relationship, love them? And then after we've uh, prayed for them, then we love them. We have to do this in order. We pray for someone, we love them. And they have to know that we love them. Sometimes, well, they know that we, they, I love them. Well, how do they know that? If you ask them, do they really know that you love them? And then what you got to do is so first, you pray for them. Second, you love them. Third, you tell them in this order. And when you tell them, you just don't tell them um, they're living in sin or that they're going to go to hell if they don't come to Jesus. You have to witness to them. And what is a witness? You witness to them what Jesus in his mercy has done for you how Jesus set you free from your slavery to sin, how Jesus took you from fear and gave you peace. And then you share with them that. And then they'll listen because even people in great sin, they want peace. They want to be free, but no one's approached them in such a way that offers them freedom. We just tell them, if you stay that way, you're going to hell. And you know what? A lot of them know that, but we're not offering them any kind of alternative except just stop. Just stop doesn't work. But if you show them that Jesus can stop for them, if they invite him in, he can take control over their sin. And he can set them free and give them peace. That's the greatest thing you could do for somebody. huh? So the way you bring your brother back is the way we bring anybody back. So if any of you know people aren't in the church, you pray for them, you love them, and then you witness to them or tell them. And God will do the rest. You're just his instrument of salvation. Okay? So hopefully that works, Melanie. Hi, from Burlington, Mass. Hi, Brian. Angela, hello, Father, watching from Oakland, California. It's early out there. Uh, 
Hi, I'm from Kansas. Welcome, Linda. Message, message retracted. Bruce Mills, it was great seeing you the other day too, Bruce. Uh, I'm glad, glad I could hear all your confession and everything, and I'm glad you came for us. Sorry, I didn't win the car. <laughs> anyway, Angela, it's the first time I've seen Father uh, Leslie. Does this happen on a regular basis? I do this podcast every Thursday at 3 p.m. Is it 3 p.m.? Is it Thursday? Yes. Uh, like I say, we're going to start uh, introducing people. We're going to uh, soon have, uh, it won't be as live. I only do live once a month, but we'll have more podcasts um, anchored in hope about why people have hope and talk about hope because everybody is, uh, I'm, I'm, um, I'm tired of uh, just Catholic show and judgment. I hope to bring hope to everybody. And so, that's what we're going to do and how people find hope. And then we're going to start soon to uh, Estovir, be a man for uh, we'll do a podcast for men also. Um, but that'll be a different thing. It won't take away from the Anchored in Hope. It's just I'm doing so much with uh, men's ministry that I want um, to make sure that I'm uh, focusing on men about because uh, men need to really know what it is to be a follower of Jesus and what it means to be Jesus, because that's what we're called to be. So often there, you know, men's ministry is uh, pulling out swords and saying, we're going to get them all instead of becoming Jesus. And unless a man becomes Jesus, there's no hope of salvation. So we got to make sure that uh, we're talking about that and what that looks like. What's it mean to be a man of God? Huh? So we'll be talking about that. Hi, Father Larry, Kathy. Thank you, Chris. What are some ways to bring people to Jesus who are more introverted? Okay, that's what uh, I already talked about that. Thanks for uh, liking my homilies. Hello from California Mountains, Father. Can you explain what Compline is? Compline is uh, night prayer of the church. It's a very simple prayer. It's usually only one psalm or sometimes there's two short psalms. Uh, we begin, again, all over the world, all priests and religious, we, have, we take a vow to say Compline. And so when we're saying uh, Compline, it begins with an examination of conscience. Um, so we never go to bed without examining what we've done and bringing us to repentance. I don't know about you, but every day I have plenty to repent for. Plenty. Usually because I say something stupid or I get irritated with somebody. and um, You know, so you need to repent so you don't dwell on it. Because if you... If you don't repent, then you dwell on it and it keeps you focused on yourself. And so if every day we repent and we can let it go so we can live the next day just focusing on God and doing his will instead of always feeling guilty. You know, Catholics love to feel guilty about everything. We are perpetual guilt people and we should be living in freedom, not in guilt. And that comes from if we truly repent every night uh, that I'm done with this God. I ask for your grace to get this out of my life so that I can only do your will. So that's what it begins. Uh, every night we repent of our sins, call to mind our sins, tell God we're sorry. And then we start the antiphon or there's usually a beautiful, uh, usually a simple hymn. You know, my, my, uh, you can do the same hymn. There's a bunch of hymns there, but uh, my one I like is, O radiant light, O sun divine, do, 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 Fantastic. And then you do the antithon, you do a psalm, and it's antithon, another antithon, and a psalm, and then there's a short reading, and then there is the, um, uh, 
canticle of um, Zechariah, which is, uh, it's, it's a great thing every night that we pray. It says, protect us, Lord, as we stay awake. Watch over us as we sleep. That awake we may keep watch with Christ and sleep rest in his peace. And then we say the canticle of Zechariah every night. Now, Lord, you can let your servant go in peace, for your word has been fulfilled. My own eyes have seen the salvation which you have prepared in the sight of all peoples. And so what we're doing is we're saying, now I can die. You know, at the end of the night, Lord, if you want to take me, now I can die. Why? Because I have seen your salvation today and I am ready. And then we say the thing again, then we do a night prayer and uh, then we do the the, the prayer, the uh, evening prayer for that, the, the Compline prayer, uh, very simple. Uh, and then you usually do a, a, a Marian antithon. And so you can always do the one I do all the time is the Salve Regina. Huh? Salve Regina, Mater Misericordiae. He asks our Blessed Mother every night before we go to sleep to, to be with us, protect us, to hold us as our mother. And there's nothing greater than letting the mother of God hold you as you go to sleep. You become a child again in your mother's arms. Huh? And so it's that's what Compline is. And uh, we do it every night. Again, you can find Compline. Uh, again, if you're wondering where can I find that, all you have to do is go and download this app, iBravery. It's put out by the, uh, it looks like, uh, looks like this. Let me see if you can see that right there. My bravery, it's right here. It's hard to see there. Anyway, but it's I bravery. And then it's just like it's put out by Terra Sancta, which is the Holy Land Franciscans. And then again, you go there, pray, you go to liturgy of the hours and you go to night prayer, which is Compline. And it's all right there. And you can do morning prayer, evening prayer. You can pray with all priests, all religious, all nuns, lay people all around the church. And so when we pray these things, what we're doing is um, we're joining Christ who prays for the church. You know, I didn't like uh, any of the uh, uh, liturgy of the hours when I was a newly ordained priest because I was more into just let me pray and listen to Jesus. Don't let me fill it up with all this stuff until I read the book, uh, Let Us Arise, that John Paul wrote. And one of the things is after, I think it was Let, or Let Us Arise, but anyway, there is a part of it written by his secretary, who's now a bishop in Poland. And he was at his side after John Paul was shot on May 13th. And after the surgery and that, when John Paul came to, uh, his secretary was there. And you know what the first thing that the Holy Father, the great saint said, as soon as he woke up after surgery, ah, I didn't say night prayer last night or compliment. Can you imagine? So I thought if after being shot and everything else, the first thing the Holy Father would say is he knew how important it was to pray for others because the liturgy of the hours isn't something you pray for yourself. It's something you pray in behalf of the world and behalf of the church that we intercede for the world. We intercede with Jesus. So it's very important that priests, we take a vow that will say those prayers all the days of our life. Deacons take the same vow. Um, some of them live that vow. Some of them do not. 
but it has to take seriously that when I am praying this, I am praying it for me, but I'm praying it with and for the world. So like if it says, I'm sorry tonight, or, you know, I'm sad, or out of the depths I cry at you, and I'm not in depths, someone in the church is in depths. And so I'm putting voice to where they are, and I'm praying for the, the world, praying for the church. I'm interceding with Jesus Christ. And see, when it comes to the judgment of sinners, Jesus Christ, right now, what's Jesus doing for every sinner? Whether it's being in unions outside of marriage, unblessed marriages, sexual impurity, uh, homosexual unions, um, hating people, forgiving, not forgiving others, whatever it is. You know, often people will talk about we can't bless uh, people in bad uh, marriages or unions, whatever they're saying, but they'll have hate in their heart and won't forgive somebody and they're going to hell because of it, but they can judge everybody else. What does Jesus do for them, for me, for all those people? He intercedes. He prays for us that we get to be with him forever. You know, that's the desire of God. He wants you to be with him forever. You see, there isn't one person who he created out of love who he doesn't want to be with him forever. Now, again, he gives everyone freedom. He will not force you or anyone to be with him forever. And that's why so many people go to hell. They choose something other than Jesus because they've never experienced truly his love. And again, some people haven't rejected it. Satan knew the love of God. Lucifer knew the love of God, and yet he rejected it forever. That's why he's Satan now. God gave him what he wanted, and it wasn't him. He would rather try to rule than to serve. You get it? Jesus is praying for you and for the world right now. We got to be like Jesus. That's all we keep talking about. Be Jesus in the world. Be Jesus in the world. Okay? Okay. Why are there never any priests or sisters who sing out of tune? They are also, <laughs> there's plenty of us that sing out of tune. I can sing by God's grace. He gave me that. Uh, he did uh, give me, he gave me something like that. So uh, how to transition the fasting. Exactly. Do it little things at a time. The best way to do it is just don't eat in between meals. That's a fasting or don't give up breakfast once a week, whatever it is. And when it bothers you, it's like, ah, oh, I'm, I'm really hungry. Good. Offer that up for the person you're fasting for. That's a great way. Um, Teresa, take care of yourself. Your voice sounds like it's going. And yeah, I probably have been doing a lot of talking tonight again as the last night. And then please, 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 please pray for me on Saturday. We have 400 kids from throughout the Diocese of Erie. And I'm doing with another person, we're doing their confirmation retreat. And I've always been a big one about confirmation being for older kids, juniors in high school. We're transitioning to uh, middle school now. 
And so um, it's one of the first times the diocese has asked me when I was younger, they did, but as I got older, it's less and less, but I was very honored that uh, Julian and Deacon and that they asked me to do this uh, retreat, but we have very little time on Saturday and there's so much there that's going on. And even my talks are, um, I have to put so much into them in a little amount of time. So just pray that I really get out of the way and I bring Jesus to these young people, that I don't uh, try to discipline them in that, which I can sometimes get into my disciplinary mode. Um, but I just go there and I, I, that I get out of the way and that the spirit of the living God takes control and just loves these people, just loves these young people, and that they truly come to know Jesus and they would surrender their life to him so that they would live forever. <sighs> that they will receive the sacrament of confirmation with faith. Because unless you have faith, the sacrament doesn't open the way it needs to open. So the whole point of this day is to bring these young people to know the love of God and to come to faith so that they can receive the Holy Spirit and truly become great saints. So please, please pray for me and the other person that's going to be speaking that we get out of the way and the spirit takes control and we come against anything that day that is not of God. We ask the angels to guard and protect us all there while we're there and that we truly, 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 truly bring our young people into intimacy with Jesus so that they can live forever. So please, please pray on Saturday. Good afternoon, Father. What do you think of the verse? Therefore, I tell you, whatever you ask in prayer, believe that you have received it and it will be yours. I think it's very true. I think that everything, though, has to be in framed in God's will. You know, if this is your will, the way Jesus prayed, huh? because he prayed to the Father, believing that the Father always heard him. And he says, Father, if it be possible, let this pass, let this cup pass me by. But then he said, but not my will, yours be done. So we always have to ask in faith and confidence. But then we always got to make sure because God knows what's best for us. So we always put in the context of his will. Saturday, October 14th, anniversary of the Battle of Hastings. The youngsters would like that story. Bishop Odo helping William the Conqueror take England in 1066. There you go. Jerry, my birthday. Well, happy birthday on that day. I got to get out of here. So again, pray for us tonight. The great miracles will happen. That um, uh, tonight's the night of miracles at the, the mission that we anoint people and Jesus will be here in the blessed sacrament. So the great things happen tonight. So please pray for us. Pray that I get out of the way tonight and I get out of the way on Saturday. Um, and just let the spirit of the living God take control. Remember, I'm praying for you, that I love you. And I just continue to ask me to ask you to pray for me. The Lord be with you. May almighty God bless, keep and protect you. He who is father and son and Holy Spirit. Amen. God bless you. We'll see you next week. God willing.